Today's scripture reading is Isaiah 2, verses 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Well, 2024 has begun. And I'm sure you have made your resolutions. You haven't? No? Or you have your, you have your anthems, you have your slogans. You're going for more in 24. There you go. I asked for a banner up here, but nobody has given it to me. We're going for more in 24. Amen? I think probably more appropriate is we're going to war in 24. <laughs> we're going to war in 24. That seems to be the case anyway. The, war, the world seems to want to go to war in 24. Every day, everywhere, already this year, seems to be marked out by conflict, turmoils, fights. Every day we hear and get reports of ongoing and emerging conflicts, violence, Gaza, Ethiopia, Ukraine, Myanmar, Haiti, various parts of the Middle East. But not only do we see these in various parts of the world, we, we witness the growing conflicts and animosity between political parties in our own country in this election year of 2024. Democrats fighting with Republicans, Republicans fighting with Republicans. We see it spread out all over our social media platforms. It seems like our social media platforms have devolved into nothing more than spaces where people fight and attack each other in public. Comedians against comedians. <laughs> actresses against actresses. Athletes against athletes. Even preachers against preachers. It would seem 
A war of some kind is on the verge of breaking out at any moment. And we prepare ourselves for these things. We live our lives in anticipation of these notifications. These notifications. In fact, I have to, when I come up to preach, I have to turn my notifications off. They will interrupt me. This is how we live our lives, anticipating conflict in 2024. This is how we live. But imagine living in Gaza. Imagine waking up in the Ukraine to war and the threat of war and destruction every day. Imagine living in Judah or Jerusalem in the time of Isaiah. It was no different, beloved. Waking up every day to the threat of war and violence from inside and out. That was the reality of life. That was the reality of life. War and violence was imminent, as we mentioned last week. And the future of Judah and the the future of Jerusalem was uncertain. The Assyrians, as we mentioned, had taken control of the northern country of Israel and was threatened threatening the southern country of Judah, and particular Jerusalem. And the threats were getting louder and louder and louder. And the people of Jerusalem were growing more and more afraid. And because of this, the other nations were talking big. The threats to Judah were growing louder and louder. And because of that, the other nations around Judah and Jerusalem were talking big. And what was Judah going to do? What was Jerusalem going to say? When when the world starts talking big, Right? When the world starts clapping and yapping, the temptation is to clap back. The temptation is to join the conversation. The temptation is to pick a side and join the fight. That's what we do. We do it all the time. We pick a side and we join the fight. But listen to me this morning, beloved. God didn't call his people to join with the other nations. He hasn't called us to clap back and join with the world. He didn't call Judah 
to join with the other nations and clap back. Rather than send his people to the world, he sent his people a word. He always does. He doesn't send his people to the world to join the world. He sends his people a word. If they would listen. It's a prophetic word. He sends them a word of comfort. He sends them a word of hope. He always does. He always does. In the midst of a world that grows loud and intimidating and threatening, God sends his people a word. It's a word of hope. It's a word of comfort. It's a prophetic word. Even this morning. Notice what he says to Judah and Jerusalem. Verses 1 and 2. The word that Isaiah the son of Amaz saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Listen, Judah and Jerusalem. The thing to remember, the thing to remember as you are listening and as you are watching everything unfold, the thing to remember is that every dog has his day and the Lord has his too. And in fact, the Lord your God has his last. Never forget that. Every dog has his day, including the Lord your God, and he has his last. In the last days. After everyone has had their day, after everyone has had their day, after everyone has had their say, on the final day, after everyone has had their say, after everyone has made their play, then it shall come to pass. In other words, after everything has been said and done, then this is what shall be established forever. 
This is what is going to be established forever. However much people are clapping, however much the world is yapping, and they're clapping, and they're yapping, everyone has a podcast. Everyone has a YouTube channel. Everyone, beloved, has an opinion. They're caucusing in Iowa. They're meeting in New Hampshire next week. The Republicans think they're ruling the world this week. The Democrats going to think they're ruling it next week. Everyone got something to say. But beloved, listen to me. Fear not. Jehovah will have the final say. Jehovah will have the final say. And what does God say? God says, I'm coming. I'm coming. When it is all said and done, I'm coming. And when I come, I'm going to establish a place that is above every place. I'm going to establish a people that is above all peoples. I'm going to establish a purpose that is above all purposes. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. I'm coming, and I am going to establish a place that is above all places. Notice what God promises people, that he would establish his mountain as a mountain above all other mountains, his place above all other places. Notice in verse 2, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. Mountains were considered the homes of gods. And the higher the home, the higher the God. And Jehovah promised to establish his house on the highest hill. And he promised his people that their God, therefore, would be the God over all the other gods. And therefore, he's saying to his people, fear not. Let all the other gods have their say. In the end, your God, Jehovah, will have the final word. Let them build their high temples. Let them establish their thrones. Let them clap. Let them yap. In the end, they all will say what Isaiah 45 and 5 says. There is no God but Jehovah. There is no God but, the, but Jehovah. That's what they're all going to say. 
After everyone has built their house, then God will build his. After everyone has built their house, then God will build his. And then you know what's going to happen? Everyone is going to abandon their house and they're going to come to his. Because he is the last one standing. That's why we sing. There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God like Jehovah because, beloved, there is no God but Jehovah. There is no God but Jehovah. There is no God but Jehovah. Today, the Muslims say the Shahada. They say there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger. This is their confession, and they say it today, and they say it every day. This is what they confess. This is what they confess today. This is what they confess every day. But the Bible tells us that on the last day, on the last day, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee, the Bible says. Every tongue, the Bible says. Not just some tongues. Not just some knee. Every tongue. Every knee. This is the promise of God. When he declares the highest place will be God's, the highest place is the highest name. This is why you let them clap. This is why you let them yet today. Because God declares, in the end, there will be no greater name than the name of Jesus. In the end. There will be no greater name anyone has ever known but the name of Jesus. God promises his people there will be no greater place than the place that God establishes. And that place will be in Christ. The name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. They can yap all they want to. They can clap all they want to. No matter what the people say, Jehovah has the final say. Jehovah has the final say. And he says that he will establish a place that is above all places and he will establish a people that is above all peoples. Fear not, beloved, fear not. It's what he says to Jerusalem and Judah. Fear not. The Lord our God has promised a place that is above all places 
and also who will be in that place but all the nations, he says in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3. All nations. Many peoples will come. Many peoples will come. In verse 2, verse 4 of chapter 2, he will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. Many peoples. All the nations will come. Contrary, contrary to what many, if not most in Israel and Judah thought, the God of Jacob was actually the God of all nations. He was the God of all nations. And the final word of God is that there is no discrimination or nationalism in God's final design of purposes. The word that God sends forth, beloved, is that God is going to establish a people above all peoples. A people of all peoples. You do realize, don't you? You do realize that nationalism and ethnic pride and racial superiority are elements of this present time, not of time to come. These things belong to the kingdoms of men, not the kingdom of God. For in the kingdom of God, all nations will come. All will come to learn of his word, as the Bible says in verse 3. All will come to learn of his word. All peoples will come to know his mercy. All nations will learn of his grace. Like the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8 and verse 36. Who asked Philip? What did he ask Philip? What prevents me from being baptized? And the answer was nothing. Nothing prevents you from being baptized. What will prevent the nations from coming to God? Nothing. What will prevent the nations from learning God's word? Nothing. What will prevent the nations from coming to know God's grace? Nothing. Why? Because this is the final work of Christ's beloved. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14 reminds us that by the cross, Christ has taken down the walls of hostility that has separated people from people. And those who were once separated people are now one in Christ. Those who were once separated people are now one in Christ. Those who were once strangers and foreigners are now brothers and sisters in God. This is the nature of the kingdom of God. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, so that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For we are all one in Christ. This is the promise of God. The former days were days of separation. The latter days are a time of diversity, beloved. And the latter days will be greater than the former days. The glory of God is in the diversity of his people. You do realize, beloved, you do realize, don't you? That the church today 
is more diverse than it has ever been. Jesus Christ is known in more languages today than he has ever been known. And the vision of God is that that would continue to grow. And the vision of God is that that would continue to expand until the reality of the new heaven and the new earth would be realized as it is in, in Revelation 7 and verse 9, where there is around the throne of God every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, a people above every People in the reality of God's glory and manifold wisdom. This is the promise of God. Let them clap. Let them yap. The promise of God is that He is establishing. He is going to establish a place that is above every place and populated with a people that is above every people. Let them nap. There's a day coming where the glory of God is going to be revealed. And the fact of the matter is that his glory is his name in the diversity of his people and all flesh, all flesh, all flesh will behold it together. That is his victory. That is his glory. That is the joy of his people. And that is his purpose that will not be thwarted. It shall not be thwarted. It shall not be thwarted, people. It will not be upended. It will not be upended. No matter however it looks now, it will not be upended. No matter what it looks like now, no matter what they're saying now, it will not be upended. No matter what they say now, Jehovah has the final say. For he will establish the purpose of all purposes. What is the point? What is the point? What is God's purpose for his word through the prophet to his people? Why will he establish this place and call his people? He will do it so his people will have peace. He will do it so his people will have peace. What do human beings want? What do human beings want? Peace. What are we all after this morning? Peace. Peace. Peace of mind. Peace of soul. What do they want in Gaza? Peace. What do they want in Ukraine? Peace. What do you hope for in Haiti? Peace. What do you want in your home? Peace. What do you want in your heart? 
peace. We all long for shalom. So we all long for, beloved, shalom. No hostility, no animosity, no storms, no sickness, no turmoil, no fears. We don't have to carry weapons. We don't want to have to be guarded. We want to be able to trust our neighbors. We want our neighbors to be able to trust us. And this is what God promises. This is what God promised Israel. This is what God promised Judah. This is what God promises people in verse two and verse four in chapter two. He will judge between the nations. He will settle disputes. There will be no more beefs. There's coming a day there will be no more beefs. God will do what only God can do, seemingly do the impossible. He will end the hostilities. In the kingdom, there will be no more beasts. How? He will beat the swords in the plows. What was once tools of destruction, he will now make them tools of production. What were once instruments of death, now will become instruments of life. He will beat spears in the pruning hooks. What were once symbols of war will now become symbols of peace. This is the great glory of the king, beloved. This is what God can do. Only God can do this. This is the kingdom of God. This is what God does. Only God does this. Only God can do this. Take one thing and make it another. The promise and the paradox of God. This is what he does. This is the glory of God. He takes crosses and makes them into crowns. This is what God does. He takes servants and turns them into kings and queens. This is what God does. He takes, he takes death and he brings life through it, beloved. This is what God does. This is only God can do this, beloved. Out of defeat, he brings victory. This is what God does. what he does is through war he brings peace this is the great purpose and plan of God for all those who put their hope and trust in Christ today only God does this and this is the prophetic word that God had for his people then this is the prophetic word that God has for his people today then and now this peace this amazing peace that God has for his people. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Having been justified by faith, you now have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. This you have now. This you have now. 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 This is the promise we have. We have it already. 
We have it already. Yes, it is the promise you have coming in the latter days. This is the promise you have coming in the latter days. It shall be fully realized in the latter days. In the latter days, it shall be fully realized. This grand peace shall be fully realized when all things shall be well with your soul. But beloved, if you have been justified by faith in Christ, you have this peace now. And therefore, and therefore, God says, O house of Jacob, come. 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 Let us now walk in the light of the Lord. Come now. Come now. I know I said in the latter days all this is going to happen, but beloved, you come walk right now. You come walk in the Lord right now. I know this world is a dark place. It was dark then. It remains dark now. The evidence is all around us. I know it's a dark place. It's a dark place. You don't have to tell me about it. Turn on your TV. It's a dark place. We walk in it. Like Bain said, we were born in it. We were raised in the dark. I get it. It's our natural habitat. Men and women love the darkness, the Bible says. And left to ourselves, we would remain in the darkness. We would forever be there and die there. But the good news of God is that God has not left us to wonder and be lost in this present darkness. Isaiah 9 and 2 says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light and those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness on them a light has shone. Come, O house of Jacob. Come now. Come now. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. God has sent his light into the world and that light has overcome the darkness. Come walk in the light. Beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy shine bright and let it shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus is the light of the world. You can walk in the light right now. You don't have to walk in darkness. You don't have to clap back. Stop clapping back. Walk in the light. Stop yapping back. Walk in the light. You don't have to clap back and walk in darkness. You can walk in the light today. Walk in the light. Why? Because when you walk in the light, you know your sins are forgiven. That's what the Bible says. First John chapter 1 and verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. Walk in the light. Your sins are forgiven. You have to walk in the darkness. You can walk in the light. You can walk around like your sins are forgiven. You can walk in the light like you are free in Christ. You can walk in the light. You can walk above the fray. You can walk in the light. Because you're different. Because you're free. 
Because you have Jesus. Because you know the end. You can walk in the light. Because your sins are forgiven. You can walk in the light. Because you have life. That's what the Bible says. In John chapter 8. In verse 12. Where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not, light, will not walk in darkness, but will have what? The light of life. There it is. Jesus, the light of the world. Walk in the light. Beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy shine bright. Shine all around us by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. Come, O house of Jacob. Come, come, come. Walk in the light. Every nation and every person is going. Beloved, every nation, every person is going to come to Jesus. They're coming. They're coming. But guess what? You don't have to wait. You can come now. Everyone is coming. Eventually, everyone is coming. That's what the prophecy is. Every nation, every person is coming to bow down before Jesus. But you don't have to wait. You can come now. Find hope. Find peace. Find joy. Find salvation. Find life. Find the light. You can come now. Walk in the light now it's beautiful light. It's a merciful light. It's a joyful light. You have to be ignorant and walk in the ignorance of the darkness. You can come now. You can come today. You can walk in the light of the light of the knowledge of Jesus Christ today. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Let's pray.